You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of thevikingage.com. We do this every Monday and Thursday night right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel at 6.15 p.m. every Monday and Thursday night. My name is Chris Shad. I am your host, and I am joined by my co-host, the managing editor of thevikingage.com, Adam Patrick. And Adam... We'll just start here. And by the way, if, you, if you're tuning in to see if you won the Justin Jefferson jersey, we'll get to that in just a second. I promise. But first, I got to ask you, Adam, it's a big week, or at least as big as we can get in May. So you have, obviously, somebody's going to get a Justin Jefferson jersey. That's awesome. You also have the NFL schedule being released right after we're on the air on Thursday night. Uh, rookie camp begins this weekend. And then these are just like small things, but the NFL is so good at this, making it all seem like it's a big deal. Like they're slowly releasing the schedule and everything. And you think about baseball where it's just like, yeah, there's a game on, I I guess get two more $14 beers and let's do this here. So are you jacked for this week? Or are you just kind of like, all right, let's, let's get this over with. Um, I'd be lying if I was uh, to say that I was thrilled about the NFL stretching the schedule release now out to multiple days. Like I understand like the primetime special or whatever. That's fine. But we don't need, we don't, we don't need to stretch this out. Like just give us the schedule. So, or even like spring. I I don't know. I'm just like, they did the, we'll talk about a little bit, but they announced games for Monday night. Just one, just one Monday night game uh, today. And they did the, they did the London games last week. And I think there's some more stuff uh, coming tomorrow and, and Wednesday as well from other networks. Um, but I, I just like the, the one, the one day, like just, just get, the primetime special is good, but I know, I know the NFL, they want to stretch it out as much, get as many eyes on other networks and shows as possible. So I understand, but my personal preference, just give me the one primetime. And as far as yeah, like rookie minicamp goes, it's just, it's just um, exciting especially with the Vikings having a new coach to just get people to see people like actually on the field and not that they're going to be doing a whole lot, but just to see them with this, this new regime, see how things are run, see how things are run differently and uh, you know, get closer to training camp at the end of what I'm expecting to be at the end of July. I don't think it's been officially announced yet, but 
typically it's at the end of July. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just exciting, and then we'll get to June, and it'll be super slow, and the early part of July will be super slow, and then but training camp will be here before you know it. But uh, you know, I'm excited to see that schedule, so we can you know go you know game by game, so we can predict the Vikings' record in May. Part of it I understand <laughs> because like with London, you know, you got to get you got to get it out so like people can oh, yeah, yeah, tickets yeah. plan ahead and all that stuff. But then why wouldn't you just drop the schedule like way earlier? Like it used to be like right before the draft. They would have mm-hmm. the schedule out and you could, you know, break everything down, see how it goes and everything else and like they would tell you it was being announced like a couple of minutes before it actually happened. It was so before the draft, that, wasn't it? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, it was always before the draft. So they, yep. they would do it super quickly, and that was just it. Now it's like, no, now in week seven, the Jaguars <laughs> are going to take on the Texans in one of their home games. And then tomorrow, they'll be like in week 14, the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to play on Monday Night Football, and Joe Buck's going to be on the call. It's it's going to be on Christmas uh, Eve Eve or something like that. Christmas Eve Eve. <laughs> Christmas before the Christmas. Joe yeah. Buck, Troy. Aikman. I think there's there's supposed to be. I think there's a rumor that there's going to be a triple, double or triple header on Christmas this year for the NFL. Three games. Which, that's right. Which is yeah. like, hey, this is that's the NBA's thing. Like, what are you, what are they doing? Come on. Oh, like, screw the NBA. Actually, <laughs> I was the one. I was the one on this podcast wearing Timberwolves stuff for like two yeah. weeks straight. So I shouldn't say yeah. anything. But yeah, no, and, I, and I, I I would rather watch football. Sorry. Christmas is is when oh yeah Christmas is when the NBA begins though I feel like that that's the official start of the season I feel like no one no one really it pays should... attention to it before then it's like oh the, it started but meh. it's like baseball before June first but like nobody yeah. really pays attention to baseball anyway but like June first is like <laughs> when okay is my team in it and like if you're the Reds you're just like oh we're tanking uh, yeah like that's the, the All Star game for baseball is pretty much when I start to be like you know okay who's because people will be like, oh, my team's in first place in May. It's like, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> so, yeah. Especially, we'll I, I think it was a couple years ago, the Twins had like a 12-game lead in May. And then the in or Guardians got red hot. And they wound up uh, closing that gap and making things interesting down the stretch. Um, let's start by talking some schedule stuff then. Because, as you mentioned... The NFL is slow drip water torturing us with the schedule release. And they gave the Vikings another puzzle piece to their schedule, which will be a Monday night game in week two against the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia, mind you. Now, it is not the only Monday night game in week two. The Vikings are actually going to be part of a double header, which is going to overlap. So it's not really a double header. It's like a normal... Sunday or whatever, like two games COVID at once, Monday much. night football. Yeah. So if you got two screens, you're good. If you don't, I, I don't know. You'll probably watch the Vikings anyway, because this is a Vikings podcast. But with the Vikings schedule so far, we know this. The Vikings are going to the Eagles in week two. The Vikings are going to play the Saints in London in week four. We know they will not have a bye in week five because buys don't start until week six. So, this just doesn't sound like an ideal start to the season, does it? I mean, I would argue that having traveling to the play the Eagles this early in the season is 
I mean, that's what you would probably want if you were the Vikings. Um, because one, your roster is likely going to be healthier. Um, so, and the Eagles are expected to probably be better. They got AJ Brown. They got uh, a bunch of young draft picks um, on their defense now. And, you know, if you want to have a chance of beating them on the road, your best chance is probably early in the season when the weather is still pretty decent and you have most of your, your rosters. So I don't, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because it's, you know, it's prime time and we, we're going to hear all about, you know, Kirk Cousins and prime time on the road and stuff like that against winning teams. But, you know, I, I'd prefer if, if, you know, I'd prefer it to be this, this way that it's, uh, you know, it's early in the season so that they're healthier and the weather is better because, because Philadelphia can be a tough place to play. I mean, 2017 NFC championship, uh, people are very familiar with that. Um, and then, you know, with the London thing that eliminates having to go to new Orleans, which is another, you know, hostile environment when the fans are in there. Um, so I think this make makes, you know, two potentially two very difficult road trips, uh, not as difficult for the Vikings, especially the, the London game. Cause that just completely eliminates playing in front of the faint, the saints home crowd. But with the Eagles too, I think it's just, it's better to play. Because uh, I feel like the Eagles are one of their, their tougher road games. It's better to be, you know, as healthy as possible and in a situation where the weather will not be a factor. So um, I, I don't have that big of a problem with it. I would prefer this, actually. I feel like this means that the Vikings are going to get two home games here right at the beginning of the season. I, I, I think they'll say, play at home open, in week yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think week three, they'll play at home because when you have to go all the way to London, I mean, they have to get thrown some kind of bone at some point. Right. Yeah, We talked so, about last week. Uh, I don't think the NFL cares. They, they do not. They definitely do not. <laughs> yeah. All right. That one, that was, that was interesting. That was um, but isn't the rumor the, the, the Giants? I think the, there's a rumor that the Giants are playing the Vikings in Minnesota in week one. That's, that's, a rumor that's been floated around. I don't know if you saw that, but, but yeah, I would, I would assume with these two early road games that yeah, week one at home is a, a strong possibility for the Vikings, which they've been, they've opened at home quite a bit with Kirk Cousins. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles, I, I mean, it could be really bad, you know, kind of looking at it because you talked yeah. about it. Yeah. The Vikings will have their entire roster, but I'll, I'll counter you this. With Kevin O'Connell's new scheme, do the Vikings have it down? There's a lot of right. moving parts. A lot yep. of rookies are going to start on defense, I assume. Like Louis, uh, Louis Seen, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Booth. Maybe Andrew Booth, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I mean, you'll have a couple of more young players might have going Ed into a hostile the, environment like that. Yeah, you might have Ed Ingram on, on the, the offensive, offensive line. line, too. Yeah. Yep. And, and and you look at Philly, they're one of the biggest winners of the offseason. I mean, they fleeced New Orleans for a first-round pick and a better draft next year. They <laughs> trade up for Jordan Davis, who probably will be the eater of all worlds uh, when yeah. they go up against the Vikings. Um, they traded their other first-rounder for the phenomenal A.J. Brown. Yeah. And even if they have Jalen Hurts, they're in a position to trade for a disgruntled QB or draft their own in next year's draft because they'll have the Saints pick and I don't think the Saints will be very good. So, I I mean, here's what I think. And and this has nothing to do with the game. I look at the Eagles and I go, that's what I wanted the Vikings to do. I wanted them to set up 
so they could do an upgrade at quarterback, and they didn't do it. They they this is a very vanilla flavored team, and I think that's why a lot of people are disappointed about where this offseason is headed. What do you think? Yeah, a lot of people, you know, I think we always talk about looking ahead to 2023 as the year to get a quarterback, but the Vikings could be planning for 2024 because um, we just mm-hmm. talked about the Eagles and how they, they've kind of been doing the, the competitive rebuild thing because they just got a new head coach last year and uh, they made the playoffs, but I don't think they were trying. Like, that wasn't their main goal to make the playoffs. I think they were trying to figure out their roster and get rid of some some long-time expensive veterans, but, you know, I would I would argue that the Vikings might be planning for 2024 because there's a very good chance that Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback in 2023, and, you know, who's the quarterbacks that you get in the draft these days are are pretty much good to go, um, dep- you know, depending on how high you get them uh, in the draft. I don't know what quarterbacks are going to be available in 2024, you know, is when when does Arch Manning go to <laughs> go to school? Like he's still visiting schools, I think. So that might be like 2025, 20, 26 for him. Uh, if he's even worth it by then, I would think so. Because he's just being touted as like this this huge prospect because he's a Manning. Um, but yeah, I think the way that the Vikings have talked about being, you know, competitive and they want to they remain super competitive and all this stuff, you would think they would try and make some some of the moves that the Eagles have made this year by acquiring AJ Brown and, and getting some, you know, elite talent in the, the first round of the draft. Um, but, you know, the Vikings, I think are more concerned about the next few years than they are really about this year. As much as they say that they are concerned about this year, I think there was a bunch of things that they probably wanted to do, but certain people and certain contracts prevented them from doing those things so you know it, it is what it is um but yeah i like and and who's who's to say that aj brown and and jalen hurts will you know connect out on the field because i think everybody thought that about odell beckham and, and baker mayfield and that just that flopped like right right what, in their face what about so. julio jones and aj brown that's another one i think a lot of people thought they who, oh who, they the were Titans. going to get going yeah yeah. 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 Julio it's Jones, not, the Titans. It's not a gear. Yeah. It's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. So, not at uh, all. Yeah. So, should we oh. announce the winner or what yeah. do you want to do here? Yeah. So, we had we had this contest running for the last few months to give away a free Justin Jefferson jersey. I believe it's just uh, the basic home jersey, number 18. Um, and we had over 500 entrants. So, thank you for entering and subscribing to this channel or following us along if you have done so we appreciate it uh but the winner of the free justin jefferson jersey is stephanie fossum stephanie fossum is the winner of the free justin jefferson jersey and we'll send that out to you as soon as possible Thank you for those who participated. I'm sure we'll have uh, another giveaway in the future, so keep an eye on that. Um, but yeah, that that's our winner. Congratulations! You have more Justin Jefferson jerseys than me now, so congratulations. There's our winner. Congratulations to Stephanie, indeed, and I thank you 
to not only just Stephanie for entering the contest, subscribing, doing all that stuff, but everybody who yep. joined the channel has been checking us out. Even if some people think we're a little negative sometimes, I mean, we, we like to have fun here and don't worry. I got, I got a positive spin for you coming up a little bit. So if, if you're mad because you didn't get the Jefferson Jersey, just hang on. We, we got something for you, but um, <laughs> let's move on to our second topic. Shall we? Right. It is trades. The Vikings decision to trade within their own division during the NFL draft. That has been one of the more shocking things that came out of this year's draft is that Quasi made deals with teams he will have to play twice. But ESPN Seth Walder was a big fan of the Vikings decision to trade within the NFC North, specifically their deal with the Green Bay Packers. Because he wrote an article last late last week, gave his top five trades of the NFL draft, and he put the Vikings and Packers at fourth. Uh, this is what Walder had to say. The numbers alone don't quite do Minnesota justice here because they traded with a division rival. Conjuring the number 90 pick in the draft, the equivalent pick of surplus value acquired is good. Taking the number 90 pick from a divisional opponent in exchange for nothing is better. Critics will say this is bad because Minnesota let the Packers fill a critical need with the selection of Christian Watson. This is faulty logic because that leaves out the context that Green Bay let Minnesota had two picks that were collectively worth more than what they used on Watson. Plus, the Packers might have traded up and gotten Watson from someone else anyway. A willingness to deal with divisional opponents is a good trait for a team to have, though it can amplify an error as it did for the Packers here. So we've got about, what, a week and a half since this deal went down. Uh, what do you think about the Vikings trade with the Packers? And what do you think about Kwesi's decision to make these deals? Uh, I think Mr. Walder is a, a thousand percent right because he brought up the great point that, you know, people talk about the Vikings giving the Packers a wide receiver, you know, for Aaron Rodgers to throw to. But the Packers gave the Vikings two picks in the second round. And those are much more valuable than a trade where if they get like a second rounder and a six rounder. Uh, two picks in the, in the second round is a much bigger deal than it is, um, you know, with a with a, a trade in the later round. And now they have a possibly they pro possibly could have landed a starting guard in Ed Ingram and possibly a starting corner who can shut down that receiver that Green Bay drafted in Andrew Booth Jr. Um, and plus, we don't know if Christian Watson is going to be good. You know, he's got Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball, which is an advantage i think of any player playing you know coming in the nfl but but other than Devonte adams i feel like a bunch of the packers receivers that they've added over the years have been kind of slow in their development like you know alan lazard uh has come along but he was kind of slower i think uh he had a bunch of drops early in his career and you know there was what that equimania st brown was not even with the Packers anymore, um, you know, Market, Market, what's Marquez Valdez Scanling? He's with the Chiefs now. Um, so, you know, they've, they've added a bunch of receivers, but other than, you know, Devonta Adams during the recent years, how many of those have, have really panned out? And I don't think there's a too high of a, an amount. So, you know, looking back on it, I think at the time everyone's like, oh no, the Packers. And at the same time, Quasi's like, this, this deal is too, too good to pass up 
this gives us two second round picks and that's going to help us you know beat teams like the packers and beat teams like the rams and the bucks so i have no problem with the trade and and i'm much more happy about it reading stuff like this from from you know espn so i'm happy with it i'm also a lot happier with the trade after that clip the packers posted over the weekend of him running a route and it just looked like kind of just it wasn't like sharp it was just kind of eh. and you know you could say well it's rookie mini camp you know what what's he supposed to do all right I'll oh you go can tell you can tell this you can tell. yeah i'll go full homer on this john randall there used to be a story like he he would go every practice rep like he was in the middle of a game and there was somebody behind him that was not going that speed. Oh, did you see that? But, I mean, that, that video? that's just how it was. Isn't um, that clip of John Randall in training camp? Yes. Uh, where yes, he does the drill. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> he does the drill and he just like, rips right through it. <laughs> destroying the, the tackle dummies or whatever. And then somebody goes after him and is like, like so super <laughs> soft and it's like oh there's a huge difference between a hall of fame defensive tackle and just you know a backup uh but yeah even like justin jefferson training like looking at him yep. like doing all that's, his training stuff it's like i i'm afraid like he's gonna tweak an ankle or something while he's doing yeah, this Dalvin he's cook stopping too. and starting so suddenly yeah dalvin cook you know watching stefan Diggs over the years like those guys train hard and you could tell you could tell from their their workouts like yeah you know i think uh Laquan Treadwell is someone who tried to be like that, who tried to like, you know, post all the workout videos and we're like, oh, we're getting hyped about him. And then he's on the field and it's like, he doesn't do anything that he did in, uh, in run the stairs like nobody so, else, like, though. <laughs> Didn't they have to tell him to like chill out on the, you know, yeah, working out because you're like did, exhausting actually. yourself? Like yeah. that was it. He he just he would just go hard running the stairs and like, you want to like put that effort into running? I say that for the field? Or yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I did a little for, bit of research, though. Okay. Oh, did you have something else to say? I'm I was sorry. just going to say, good for the, you know, we're making fun of Treadwell, but he's still got a job. He's with the Jaguars. So, you know. This is true. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah. I did a little research on this topic, though, and I did an article for Zone Coverage where <laughs> we looked at some of the divisional trades that happened on the first two days of the draft over the past couple of years. And seven such trades and this is day one or day two of the draft, uh, have been made since 2015 within a division. Three of those trades happened the past two seasons. You have the Vikings deal with the Packers. You have the Vikings deal with the Lions, which was basically Jameson Williams for Lewis Steen and Brian Asamoa. And, and plus, you can factor in, they had the 34th pick and they traded down. So yep. you could throw Booth or Ed Ingram in there if you yep. want to, but... Uh, that's something to think about there. And then you also have the 2021 trade between the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles, which the Cowboys got Michael Parsons and Chauncey Golston, while the Eagles got Devonta Smith. So, I, I mean, you're seeing kind of the gamut of potential outcomes. The Vikings made another trade with the Lions in 2019. That was on the second day of the draft. This was involving third round picks, though. The Lions got Will Harris after they decided to trade up for him. Uh, the Vikings got picks 88 and 204 in return, but both were traded away for more picks because Rick Spielman. Uh, those picks turned out to be Drew Samia, Cameron Smith, and Dylan Mitchell. What a trio. So there is that. 
And that deal was the first interdivision trade or divisional trade, I should say, mm-hmm. since 2015 when the Cowboys made a deal with the Washington Commanders where Dallas traded up for the 34th overall pick. They took Demarcus Lawrence and Washington took Trent Murphy and Spencer Long, but I'm sure they wish they would have just kept the pick, you know, and took the better guy. So looking at all these, does this deter you from making a deal with the divisional rival? Or do you kind of see what I'm seeing where it's just like, it's just like any other trade? No, yeah. I, I think it's becoming, we've talked about in the past, how like divisional, like your opponent, your the, the other members of the division are becoming less and less of a factor because you only play them six times six times a year as compared to, which is like 35% of your schedule now compared to years past when it used to be like 50. Um, so, you know, how your the other teams in your division, like how good they are, it doesn't really matter as much. Uh, as it used to, it, it more depends on like how good you are in your entire conference, and I think uh, Quasi sees that, and he he looked at these trades more like you know we need more players to help us. You know we don't necessarily need uh, you know one top tier player that would just like get us over the edge. We need a bunch because you know our defense is is hurting and we have a bunch of holes still. So we need more than one player. And he did something that Rick Spielman doesn't do, and he made trades to get more picks in the early rounds and then the, the later rounds. Because we would see Rick Spielman be like, oh, okay, I'm going to get like four sixth rounders and, and four seventh rounders. And then, you know, one of those guys will hit. So, or maybe two, um, or maybe zero. Um, uh. But Quasi kind of took, he took a similar approach with the trades, but but he traded more for. Uh, guys in the early rounds and he wasn't afraid to trade with divisional opponents and that might have been something that prevented you know rick spielman from trading up like you know tr- maybe because you know the old school thinking is like you can't you can't trade with a a divisional opponent that's like that's against like the rule the the code or whatever of being a gen- general manager but quasi's young he doesn't have any like total influence of like the old school mentality he comes from the browns and you know, his general manager from the Browns were for the Eagles, and these are all like forward-thinking organizations. Uh, maybe not the Browns anymore, um, but yeah, he hit. He's it's a new approach, and I think it's one that will probably continue throughout the league, especially if this continues to work. Because, like you said, Micah Parsons that worked out for the Cowboys, Devonta Smith worked out for the Eagles. You know, the Vikings got Lewis Seen and, and the Lions got Jamison Williams. So if like if teams keep doing this and both teams end up with good players, I don't think it's gonna stop anyone from from doing it again in the future. So I don't think I have a problem with it. It was I think we a lot of people had a problem with it when it first happened. They're like, What? What are you doing? Trading with the Lions? But looking back on it, you're like, Okay, like looking at the numbers and what the impact I think it's it's fine. It's it's something. It's just it's an old school mentality, and it's 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 going away. I think a lot of people just assume like the worst is going to happen, which it could. I mean, Jamison Williams could torch the Vikings for years. Oh, so it's the Lions. Come on, don't get mad. About it the is, <laughs> but but I think people were also upset because they didn't get what they thought was value in return. And like every trade chart's different. Like ESPN's was saying the Vikings won. 
Uh, Jimmy Johnson said they didn't win. Rich Hill said something else. Like, there's like eight draft charts now. Yeah, why are we using a draft chart from the 90s? Like, uh, people bring up that Jimmy Johnson draft chart, and I'm like, do we use other stuff from the 90s to measure what we do today in the NFL? Because I don't think we do. (laughs) Like, the Rich Hill one. The guy won a Super Bowl. There is that. He did. He did. That that could be why. He also won it with, you know, Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman throwing 15 times a game. So, much different than how you play today. But yeah. I digress. That that could work out a little bit better for people. I think it's just increasing both sides of the coin. Yeah, you're increasing yeah. your risk a little bit because if that player's good, you have to try to stop them twice a year for the next decade at least, right? Mm-hmm. But it also increases your reward. So, like, think about if you hit on this trade. If Quasi winds up with Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth and Ed Ingram all looking like solid players. The Vikings get a win because that's what they were trying to accomplish here. They weren't trying to get one elite player and have a whole bunch. Of, I mean, the Vikings, that's their entire roster. It's studs and duds pretty much. Even if yeah. Kevin O'Connell wants to be like, everybody's going to get a shot. Everybody, because he'll be on the practice field and be like, Garrett Bradbury. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 yeah. Garrett Man, Bradbury moved again. can't block anybody. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. oh, they stuffed it in a dumpster. Gee, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. You got Daisy Treader's number, anyone? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you look at it from that standpoint, if the Vikings accomplished what they want to accomplish, I mean, this might have been the only way to do it because nobody could have made making that offer. And you're not going to do it. Just be like, no, you're the Lions. Screw you. Well, mm-hmm. they're just going to call the next team and trade down, which is what happened. The Texans traded out of the 13th pick, right? Um, yep. so when you look at like Watson and Williams, I mean, if they suck and the Vikings get some solid players out of this, they win this draft big, but that's going to take years to find out and see how these, uh, how, how these players turn out for them. Yeah. And the, the line, who'd the Lions draft? They drafted Jamison Williams. Who's what coming off of, uh, uh, torn ACL. Torn ACL. Yep. And I know players are much it much better coming off of torn ACLs these days than they were in the past. You know, look at Dalvin Cook and Adrian Peterson. Um, those two aren't even like real human beings. But um, but then you look at someone like Mike Hughes, who got off to a yeah. great start in his career. Then he tore his ACL. He hasn't been the same since. Um, so who's to say that Jamison Williams is going to be this superstar that everyone thinks he is after his ACL injury and what what was Jamison Williams before he got to Alabama? Um, because he he transferred from Ohio State. I know he was decent with Ohio State, but he wasn't like a top ten pick, Jamison Williams, when he was at Ohio State. So, you know, let's not think that they just landed Randy Moss. Uh, the Lions did with this trade for the Vikings because there's there's a lot of factors, including the team that drafted him. <laughs> According to every draft pick, they landed uh, Tyreek Hill because he's fast. Or uh, oh. Debo. Got to use him Tyreek like Hill Debo. is also, uh, uh, like, excuse my language, a brick shithouse uh, the way that he's built. <laughs> um, he's, yeah, he's, Jameson Williams is not Tyreek Hill. Uh, he's got to get, like, he's got to add, like, 30 more pounds of muscle before he can get that comparison. Even Debo, Sam, Debo, Sam, Debo Samuel's not as fast, but he's more, more like a Tyreek Hill than... Jameson Williams is, I feel like. Yeah, everyone who's fast is Tyreek Hill these days. Why why isn't everyone, you know, 
dares Hayward Bay. Yeah. Uh, Henry Ruggs. Right. Is it? Is it too, too early soon. to mention? Probably too soon. Yeah. Probably too soon. Probably. <laughs> um, let's close out the show with another topic. And this is something that I was just thinking about. So you and I have talked about this a couple of times about Kevin O'Connell, how the Vikings offseason has really put pressure on him to perform in his first year. And I started thinking about the guy that we've pretty much been comparing him to Sean McVay, which is a really unfair comparison Mm -hmm. before he's even coached a game. But -hmm. there's just that association coming from Sean McVay's staff that you just expect things. And I think McVay produced one of the most shocking turnarounds in a long time. I mean, you could throw the Bengals up there. And by the way, Zach Taylor was a Sean McVay disciple that left the Rams to go, you know, supercharge that team. Although I think it was more Joe Burrow. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just going to throw that out there, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Having good players around you, uh, having elite players, on your roster kind of makes a difference. It's amazing how that works on huh, Quasi. Um, but with Kevin O'Connell, a lot of people are going to expect him to do the McVay thing. He's going to expect to turn this team around. And I started thinking about how the Rams were built and how they looked after that 2016 season. So I did a little bit of research there. The Rams were 4-12 and in 2016. Their quarterback were Jared Goff and Case Keenum, who, uh, by the way, went to the Vikings the following year. And Sean Sean Mannion, right? You might be right. I didn't like, I just looked at the passing leaders and I'm like, Goff, Keenum, fine. But I think that was Goff's rookie. I think think that was his rookie season. I think 2016. It was. Yes. Uh, Running back was Todd Gurley. The wide receivers. Let's play a game here. You want to guess the Rams wide receiver? Actually, well, you have the outline in front of you. You know, I look, that's not but. in front of me, but I I I looked, so I know one of them was Tavon Austin. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't tell you the rest. Uh, Kenny Britt yep. and Brian Quick, two okay. staples of my dynasty league team in the early. Uh, I think two, they were still in the uh, dome. Twenty tens. They were still in the Edward. Jay nope, almost they, dome or whatever it was. They were in Los Angeles for that year. Oh, they were. So the golf the came Coliseum. aboard just as they moved to LA. Um, but yeah, they are of the Edward Jones dome fame. Uh, tight end was Lance Kendricks. Offensive line, Roger Saffold was the only competent starter. And on defense, they had Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, and Robert Quinn, and then a whole bunch of, you know, scrubs. So the next year, Sean McVay comes in. He's like, why are you hiring this 36-year-old, right? You know, what, what? what's going on here? They have a lot of the same pieces on offense, except they hit the wide receiver market hard. Yeah. They draft Cooper Cup. They sign Robert Woods. They go sign Sammy Watkins. Uh, Andrew Whitworth and John Sullivan were added to fix the offensive line. They used a lot of those same players on defense, just made a couple of scheme changes, and they basically addressed the areas where they had the least amount of depth. Next thing you know, weak division, weak non-divisional opponents. I think they had Philadelphia mixed in there who had uh, MVP Carson Wentz and before he tore his ACL mm-hmm. in that game. They wind up winning the NFC West and losing in the first round of the playoffs. But they, they go the Vikings, four though. wins to 11. They lost to the Vikings. Yes, though. they did lose to the Vikings. Correct. <laughs> that, was the, uh, that was the Cooper Cup fumble game, wasn't it? I think, yeah, Anthony Harris got that one. 
I feel like he did. Uh, Pluck, yeah. Plucked it on the one yard line. I think Thielen scored a long touchdown right he after did. that. He did. Yeah, I remember that game. That was the one where, like, we got this is the one where we see if the Vikings are for real because they had, like, gone on a nice little winning streak and we're like, okay, here we go. And then they were. And, so. and it was that rare moment where the Vikings were for real and we're like, oh. <laughs> happens every every like, decade. This is nice. Once a, once a decade, it happens. That that's when you know it got real. Like mm-hmm. I won't use the word usual word, but it, it got real by beating the Rams. Um. Yep. So then I looked at the 2022 Vikings and I thought to myself, okay, what do the Vikings have that that team didn't? Well, they're ahead of the curve offensively when you think about it. Because I would take Kirk Cousins ahead of Jared Goff yeah. or Case Keenum. I mean, so there are some Viking fans who would disagree with me there, but I mean, that's that's fine. I would say that Dalvin Cook is about equal to Todd Gurley. Yeah. Gurley a little bit younger, but whatever. The receivers are way better. They didn't have to do anything there. You have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and KJ Osborne. And the offensive line, strong on the ends. I like Christian Derrissaw and Brian O'Neill. Yeah. They just need to get better in the middle. And they did that by signing a whole bunch of guards a whole bunch of interior linemen, and they're just so. hoping that something sticks on the wall, like a whole bunch of spaghetti. So there's that. Then you have the defense, mm-hmm. and most of the guys the Rams used were in their 20s. The Vikings starters, they have five over 30. Zadarius Smith, Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, and Patrick Peterson. They also acquired depth in the draft with Seen, Booth, Asamoah, and Evans, who they traded up for in the fourth round. Uh, the Vikings schedule is not that bad. You know, the mm-hmm. NFC North, you just have Green Bay who lost Devontae Adams. And by the way, Christian Watson is not Devontae Adams last time I checked. NFC East, you get two or three wins out of those opponents. You don't go to the Superdome, as we mentioned, because of the London game. You're playing the Eagles early in the year, like you mentioned. And the yeah. AFC East, Bills are the only team that I would say are completely unbeatable. So... Do you think the Vikings can become legitimate contenders under Kevin O'Connell next season? Uh, well, this this Rams team finished with what eleven wins? I feel like I think they did. They were eleven and five. I yep. think the Vikings can finish with eleven wins next year. I don't think that's that's too crazy of a thought to have. But I think they have too much on the defensive side of the ball to. Uh, make up for that that will prevent them from getting that far um they don't have an aaron donald that's that's <laughs> that's a big that's a big difference yes um, and you know as much as we like dalvin cook i i might disagree with you and say that todd Gurley in 2017 is a much better player than dalvin cook will ever be because i believe he was the offensive player of the year that year or, or maybe a year after that um because peak Todd Gurley, I I think is 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 better than than Delvin Cook. You know, it's, it's tough to say that I'm a Vikings fan, but you know, I think I think he was. So, and this this Rams team, the 2017 Rams team, I I looked it up before. I think they ranked 24th in pass attempts. So that that offense was good around Todd Gurley. He he was the the workhorse. You know, people think of the Rams and they think of passing the ball, but uh, early on, Sean McVay did what he could to keep the ball out of Jared Goff's hands. Um, and then I think last year with Matthew Stafford, they ranked around 10th in pass attempts. So the offense has has changed 
and I would expect it to be more like last year with the Vikings this this year and, and have Kirk Cousins have more pass attempts. But we've seen in the past, that's not always a good idea to have Kirk Cousins throw the ball more. And it could be different. He'll be put in different situations. So we'll see. Um, and I just, I think there's too, there's, there's too much to, 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 to transform because yeah, because, because Sean McVay transformed this team. And I think that's another thing too. Sean McVay is not the norm. Like we can say that Kevin O'Connell is coming from that system and, and everything, but we've seen plenty of times. We've seen how many Bill Belichick, you know, assistants have we seen go on and, and flop everywhere. And, and like you said, Zach Taylor, before Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase got there, they won what one or two games. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's that much in the bag because Kevin O'Connell came from Sean McVay's system. That it's a guarantee that the Vikings are going to be better. I think they can. I think they are capable of winning eleven games. But I, I kind of feel like that's that's their ceiling. I think there's just and the guys that they have, like Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. And even Harrison Smith and some other veteran guys like Kendricks, they're kind of they're kind of set in their ways. So it's kind of hard to change their mind and change how they play at this point in their career. I feel like they're gonna they're gonna do things that they feel comfortable with, especially in this day and age where guys are just like, I'm I'm getting paid no matter what. So you know, like I'm gonna do what's com- comfortable to me and keep me on the field regardless of the outcome. Um, but but I don't know. I think I think 11 wins is possible, but I wouldn't I wouldn't call it as them being a contender. I think they can get in the back of the playoffs. That, that, that's, that's my expectations for this team next year. It's still really hard for me to tell, like with 17 games, like what's, what's yeah. like the baseline for a good season. I started kind of using losses as like a deterrent because right. you got that half game, right? So, I mean, if you lose nine games in a season like the Vikings did last year, you're just not a good team. Right. If you win 11 games, you're losing six. So basically you're like a 10 and 16. Right. Like you think about it. I, I think best case scenario is what we saw 2019, like with the Vikings making that run. And I think yeah. back to that season, I'm like, was that season fun? And I'm like, the playoff win was, but I mean, the whole time you were just kind of like, you, was that the Broncos game? Knew. Was that the Broncos come back? Yes. I think that yep. was. And the Cowboys you just kind of knew though. Yeah. There was something yeah. about that team that just kind of didn't feel right. Yeah. And then yeah. when you saw it in the playoffs, like it, it just really kind of, um, well, that was the digs. So well, so. That was the digs drama too, right? That was that season. Yeah. Where he, yeah. uh, skipped, skipped a practice cause he had a <laughs> cold. Um, and you know, he had the hoodie on his face and then, you know, he had the locker room after what they played the, I want to say they played the, Giants or the Jets? One one of those. I think it was the Giants. Um, he had the scrum in the locker room. He's like, I don't want to be traded. I love it here. I, I love the Vikings. True, it's got all the, rumors. Doing the doing the winks. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. That's that's the biggest thing he said all year. Um, yeah. I, I think. But hey, Adam Thielen criticized the offense too. But we're not going to not going to mention that. Hey, but Kirk Cousins apologized to him on his podcast. So there you go. It's okay. I'm uh, sorry, Kirk. Yeah. I think I think you're right. I think the you know the Vikings they're they're going to their goals are going to be higher. They're going to be higher than than what we're probably talking about. But the reality is that they don't have enough I would say resources to get with the the pieces that they need to get to that 
next level. You look at a team like the Rams, who who signed Odell Beckham, who traded for Von Miller, who you know who who else who else did they they, they traded for? Yeah, Matthew Stafford. Like these are moves that a championship caliber team can make because they are, have faith in in the coaching staff, which the Vikings can probably do in a few years if Kevin O'Connell works out. But I I think the pieces that they have right now are not the ones that would translate into a championship. But those are just my thoughts. And things could change. Again, the field injuries happen to other teams. We saw 2017 when Aaron Rodgers went down and that was huge for the Vikings. You know, as much as people don't want to admit it, that was a big break for them. I think it's a foundational year for Kevin O'Connell. And I mean, if they, if they win 11 games this year and I mean, that would be a huge step in the right direction, right? Compared to where they were now is they would be a playoff team. They'd be in the mix for a division title. I mean that that would be a step forward. Of course, like we want to win a Super Bowl. We we don't want the Vikings just to make the playoffs and be like, oh yeah, we we went and we got smashed by, you know, Green Bay or whatever in the yeah. playoffs. Like, but I think with the status of this team, just getting to the playoffs at this point would be something that they could put a feather in their cap and go, okay, now how do we get to that next step? Because I mean. We could talk about, well, the playoffs aren't the next step. This team hasn't been over 500 in like over 800 days. Like I'll keep saying it until it's 900 days or until they win the first game of the season. Hopefully that would be great. But I mean, they need to learn how to win. And right now they just haven't done it. So I I think that's status number one for Kevin O'Connell next season. Yeah. What would, what would you say is the minimum amount of wins for you to feel like next season is a success? With 10, 11. 10? You think 11? 11. I, I yeah. think they need to win 11. Like I said, 10 is a 9 and 7 team yeah. in theory. So yep. win, win 11 games. Like the bar is there. And the way the Vikings have acted this season, like you better win 11. You better win. You better win big. Because like you had an opportunity to start all this. And now you're going to do it a year later with all this money on the books down the road. Like, you better win 11 games. So that's that's yeah. basically all I'm saying. Yeah. I I think I think 10 is okay, but but I I agree with you with 11. Like the the way that they're talking, yeah, you should the way that you're talking about being super competitive, you know, 11 wins should should be the minimum that you're you're striving for next year. And I think the Rams last year won 11 games. No, I think they won 12. Um, but still, that's not... Yeah, they won 12. Um, so, you know. And last year's playoffs and NFC, like, it was literally, if you got in, like, that's all that mattered. Because the Rams, I think they were a wild card. Yeah, because they beat the Cardinals in the first round. Um, so if you get you get in, it, it could it could turn into something good. So we'll see. I'm, I'm curious, but we got a long way to go. <laughs> Long way well, we'll we'll sell that optimism for now because that's all the time we have for the Viking Age podcast tonight. Once again, we're here every Monday and Thursday at 6.15 p.m. Central Time right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, comment, do all those cool YouTube things so you never miss an episode. For Adam Patrick, I'm Chris Shad, and we will see you all on Thursday night.
how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.